Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, I chose a very complicated question in honor of Mother's Day. It says, I have a question about my relationship with my daughter. I've always felt a disconnect with her, and she's always been a difficult child to manage since she was age seven. She's now almost 17. Everyone that meets her comments on how they've never met anyone quite like her in terms of difficulty to manage. She has made me rise up in my own life and get a degree as I was a single mom until she was two and a half. I guess my issue is I'm afraid that I'll never like her, and I feel like I can't save her from the terrible path she's choosing. I'm distancing myself. I know it's not right as a mom. I just feel like I've done everything in my power for this girl. She is mean and she's cold-hearted. I can't connect with her. I feel like I've given up. I'm so exhausted from this child. Please, any insight into this would really help. And she gives me both her birth date and her child's birth date, which is June 25th of 80 at 1.15 a.m. in Oshawa, Ontario. And then because her child is under the age of 18 and probably didn't consent to this. I'm not going to share her birth information, but she gave it to me and I have both of these charts and I'm going to talk about it. So there's a lot going on in here and there's a lot in this question and there's a lot that isn't in this question. And I'm sure that a lot of parents would be able to identify with you, question asker lady friend, and I'm sure a lot of kids uh, or adult children of mothers may be able to identify with this question on being the receiving end of a mom not liking you, basically. And I think that this is really complicated. And I want to just, before we kind of unpack the astrology of it, acknowledge that we have this fantasy that you're going to have a baby and your baby's going to be your best friend and you're going to like them. And that's not necessarily how it goes. The way it goes is you have you have a child and that child becomes a person and that person is their own person. And that person may share morality with you or not. They may simply just not be compatible with you as a friend or as a roommate. There's a lot of ways that we are compatible or incompatible with other people. That's separate from whether or not they're good people or decent people or you are a good person or a decent person, right? So I want to just acknowledge this is something that I don't think gets talked about enough is that there's no guarantee that you're going to get along well with your child. There's no guarantee that you're going to like or share values with your parent. Just isn't. And it would be great if there was. And it always feels so personal when when it doesn't work out because it is. I mean, these are the most foundational relationships of our lives, our relationship with our parent. And then when you become a parent, a relationship with a child. However, thus is life. Now, what I notice in your question, and I'm going to call you mom. What I notice in your question, mom, is that you're not taking any real responsibility here. I mean, you're saying that you're exhausted and that you want help and that you're not happy with how you're behaving. But you say in your question that your small child motivated you, your exact words was made you get a degree. Now, two and a half year old children, seven year old children, even 15 year old children don't make their parents do anything. Okay. <laughs> children really don't have any power and they don't have any control. Now, they take great pains to exert power and control over their own lives and sometimes over the lives of the people around them for sure. But a child is not making any adult get a degree, right? So it, I have a red flag right away in your question that you're not taking responsibility and you're giving a lot of power to this child over your choices. And within that, 
I noticed that you don't tell me what she's doing. I mean, you say she's mean and cold hearted, but is she? Is she mean and cold hearted? How? Why? How? Why? I don't know. What other people think or feel about your child is not necessarily good information for you to have or for me to have about who your child is or what your child is. And, you know, maybe she's doing terribly egregious things. I don't know because you didn't tell me. When you have a 16-year-old child or a 17-year-old child, they may act in very adult and self-determined ways. But a child is a child is a child. And it's really important that I say this because, you know, everybody has their own values around how to raise a kid. But when you give up on a kid, they know. They for sure know. And so how does any child, regardless of their birth chart, how does any child respond to a parent giving up on them? with more defensiveness, more rage, more self-destructive behaviors. That's just universal. That's just how humans work. You know, I'm glad you're writing in about this. I'm really glad that you're asking for help. I'm glad that you're aware that it's not how you want to be. And man, you know what? It's real. It's so real that sometimes it's just how we feel. And I think it's really important for anyone listening to not be judgmental towards this mom because it is hard to be a mom. It is really hard to be a mom. And, you know, it's hard to be a kid too. <laughs> it's hard to be an adult kid and a child kid, but it is hard to be a mom and it's hard to know what to do. It's hard to know what's yours and what's not yours and, and when to push and when to yield. I will say that giving up is generally not a great move. Giving your child the freedom to be who she chooses to be. Now, that's one thing, but your child's still in high school, right? She's still very much a child. So I want to see ways that I can empower you to parent her, partially because she is a child and she does require further parenting, and partially because you're really not happy. The way you're thinking about things, the way you're feeling, and the way you're behaving clearly isn't working for you. So you've come to the right place, mom, and I hope I can help. I'm going to start with your daughter. Now, your daughter has something in her birth chart called Mercury conjunction to Mars, and it is square to her natal Saturn. And what this means is that, yeah, she is pretty brusque. She has a very, um, I can see why you would say cold hearted, but I would say this. I don't think her heart is cold. I just think that the way she talks can be come across as cold. She is very blunt and to the point. And my guess is that she reminds you of her birth father and that she is quite like in her mannerisms, her birth father, which you don't mention in your question, right? So when I look at her birth chart, it looks like her, her birth father is not in the picture. And it looks like her birth father may have addiction issues or mental health issues. And that your relationship with him was really traumatic for you. And it's really important to acknowledge that this is part of her trauma, you know, and that she does have trauma. And a lot of what you're seeing and calling, you know, cold hearted or mean is a self-defense mechanism. You know, some of it's her, her nature. She is brusque uh, in how she communicates and she might be mean and pokey because both Mars makes a person irritable and Saturn can make a person punishing. So for sure, it's possible that she is pretty intense when she's annoyed or pissed off. She has a strict sense of what's right and what's wrong. And if you try to tell her something is <laughs> wrong that she thinks is right or vice versa, yeah, you're going to get an earful. That's absolutely possible. However, it's also very likely that she feels she had to grow up too soon. It's also very likely that she feels that because she had to take care of herself and she had to grow up, 
too soon that she's entitled to acting like she knows what's best because she feels that she knows what's best. So when you went back to school, when she was really little, when you were separating from her birth father, or when you were dealing with whatever circumstances were happening around her conception and her early developmental years, she was there. She was, you know, having to deal with that. And it looks like it was really hard on her. And you don't need to feel guilty and you don't need to feel bad. But I would encourage you to factor that into your equation because when I look at your child's chart, I do not see a bad person. That's not what I see. I see a really hurt person. I see a person who struggles with whether or not she has value to others. And it looks like the way she gets value is for being a girl. So she may have risky sexual behaviors. She may really value aesthetics and getting validation for being cute or sexy. Um, That might be where she knows how to get love. And that's really triggering for you. It's really triggering for you partially because you love her and you want her to be safe and partially because that's about you and your chart. That's about why you are triggered. You may have had behaviors like that in your own past. You may have thought impulses around that. Whatever it is, you have your own triggers around this. And what I want to say really clearly is that in any parent-child relationship, when the parent is deeply bothered by a child's nature, whether it's the way they talk or you know the way they react or their life choices, it's not just about the child. It's about you, girl. It's about you. And the reason why is because you have the child. That child is your child. I don't care if it's through adoption, if you're a step parent, or if it's through procreation and yada, yada. Your child is, is yours and is kind of designed to trigger you, <laughs> to, to kind of hold a mirror up to you about who you are and who you're not. And there's a way that this child does so quite aggressively. Now, I'm sure she rejects you all the live long day. She says, get away. No, I don't care. But I don't buy for one second that she doesn't care. She is highly sensitive. She is yearning for love. And I really want to encourage you to consider empathetically her perspective, not her behavior, because her behavior is clearly really upsetting to you. I'm interested in, can you have compassion for her feelings and her perspective? If she's really hurt, why is she hurt? If she's really defensive, why is she defensive? If she feels that it's okay to be flippant with you or rude to you or mean to you? Where did she learn that that was okay? Did she see someone else do it to you? Did you do it to her? Did she not get enough attention? And this is the only way she knows how to get your attention. All of these things seem possible when I look at her birth chart. And again, none of this is about demonizing you or her, because honestly, neither of you are bad people. You're just struggling. Washing your hands of her will seal the deal on her belief that she is disposable. She struggles with that feeling. I do really want to encourage you to not let her be right about that. Even if she's really shitty, (laughs) honestly, even if she's shitty, find something about her to remember that you love. Find something about her that you can have compassion and empathy for. Because it is from this place that you can determine what are the boundaries that you need to have with your daughter instead of punishing her or icing her or giving up on her. And boundaries are honestly a very meaningful form of love. And I really want to encourage you to consider what kind of boundaries to have. And this pops me over to your birth chart. In your birth chart, we have a lot to talk about. One is you have something called Venus opposite Neptune. 
And both of those planets form a square to your Mars-Saturn conjunction. And so you do have the nature, not unlike your daughter, where things are right or wrong. They're good or bad. And that is a self-defense mechanism. For you, it looks like it's kind of a chronic issue. It's quite difficult for you to have healthy, balanced boundaries with people that you love. You tend to abandon yourself and your need for boundaries or go the flip side and just cut a bitch off, right? And it looks like when you finally find your voice and articulate and assert a boundary, it happens after you've just been trampled on for a really long time. So you feel really entitled and defensive about it. That it comes from not expressing your limits and preferences and feelings and needs in a clear way leading up to, you know, you freaking out or you cutting someone off. It does look like your relationship life has been like a tender place. It's been complicated. It looks like your relationship to partners has been complicated and not always easy for you. And going back to school was the right thing for you to do for you. And I and I want to say this very clearly because you have a sun opposition to the midheaven. For you to have completed school or completed education actually was really important for you. So if this child inspired you to take care of yourself and to advance yourself in the world, which honestly, I don't think school is inherently something that advances us, but it looks like in your chart that that is really what it did or, or you intended it to do when you went back to school then this is not something to be frustrated with your child about, but instead something to be like, oh, wow, this kid may be a bit of a ball buster, but she really, she helped me to motivate myself, to take care of myself. That is actually a really wonderful thing. What's tricky here is that the rigidity in her that you find so annoying or difficult is eh, honestly pretty much the rigidity in you. Different style, same shit, my dear, same shit. And this is why it's so triggering. This is why the way that she can be mean or cold-hearted is so deeply upsetting to you because you put all these pains into not acting that way, even though you feel that way, right? Whenever a child does that, they express something that we work really hard to repress. It feels so offensive. And if you can have compassion for yourself around the fact that you are so deeply triggered by this person that you foundationally love, that will help you to make different choices. And I think that one of the choices you need to make is to figure out how to say, when you talk to me in that tone, we can't talk. When you talk to me in that tone, the conversation's over. But here's here's the rub, mom. It's that if you talk to her in a shitty tone of voice, but she's not allowed to talk to you in a shitty tone of voice, you have lost all your validity because she's not a seven-year-old. She's not at an age where you can say, do as I say, not as I do. And so if the problem is in part respectful conduct, it is your job to lead here, your mom. It's your job to lead. And you know, you're also a daughter, right? So we all want our parents to lead us. We do, even though we reject them and we make them jump through hoops and we do all this shit. We want our parents to be like, no matter what you do, I love you. No matter what you do, I choose you. If that can't happen, that's real. You know, lots and lots of people can't have healthy relationships or even any relationship with their parent or with their child. But I want to really encourage you to not give up while your child is so young. Really, really. This brings me to something else in your birth chart. You have something called moon Uranus conjunction, which means you too, mom, are very irritable. <laughs> you you really have a short fuse. Like when, when things go on too long, you're just like, I can't. No, mm, no. 
And this is really important for you to own because if you can own that, then you can see your role to play in this dynamic and how you may have trained your daughter to kind of like cut things off pretty quickly or to expect other people to cut things off pretty quickly when they get too messy or emotional. Now, all of this said in your birth chart, mom, you are going through so much right now. Some some of the things you're going through are really lovely. Pluto is forming a trine to your natal Saturn and Mars. Mm, delightful transits. Uranus is forming a trine to your midheaven. Wonderful transit. It's also forming a sextile to your natal sun. Love it. Love, love, love it. Wonderful. These things all represent a time where you can grow and expand your life. And also the way you relate to work, the way you relate to your body, the way you relate to your own internal structure. Very supportive transits. Now, you knew that wasn't all I was going to say, right? That's that's right. You knew that wasn't it. So you're also going through a couple intense transits. You are feeling the Pluto square to Pluto in your birth chart. We are at the beginning stages. It's it's still very weak, but of Pluto opposing your natal Mercury and Neptune squaring your Venus. So en anglais. All of this means that your relationship issues, how you communicate, and your ability to have forgiveness for yourself and others in a way that is healthy and boundaried instead of indulgent and enabling is being tested. And mom, it is being tested heavily. And so understand that your relationship with your daughter is so much articulated in your chart right now. Walking away, burning the bridge, well, kind of can't do that with a kid. I would say to you that it is not the best first move. It's not the best fifth move because it's you not learning the lessons your chart is trying to teach you right now. And I will say that your daughter is going through her own very difficult time. She went through, and it just ended around the end of 2018, a two-year period that was incredibly difficult. I, I don't know if she was having being bullied at school, if there was something difficult happening at home, but it was a very intense time. She may have found drugs or something else that was really intense and hard for her to do in a balanced and healthy way. At that time, she probably became pretty intense to be around. If it became a power struggle with you, then unfortunately, what's happening now is she is pushing you away to kind of prove to herself that you will go away. And I really hope that you don't. I know I keep on saying that, but but I really hope that you don't. And I know that this is hard. I know that this is triggering and difficult for you. But I also can see that it's worth it to do. She is learning emotional boundaries the hard way or the really hard way. My hope is that you help teach her by practicing it yourself, by stumbling through it yourself, by when you do or say something that is out of integrity with how you want to be, you say to her, I'm sorry, that's not how I want to be. And also, please don't ever fucking do that with me again. (laughs) Or I cannot tolerate this thing that you're doing. But let me be clear. I love you. This is my boundary. I'll say one more thing about this. I pulled up your relationship chart. When I pull up a relationship chart for astrology nerds, you should know I use a composite chart. I do not use synastry. What I see is a concentration of planets intercept in the sixth house. Most of them are conjunct. And so again, there's this reiteration of how similar the two of you are and how hard it is for you to hear the other person when you're not in agreement with each other. This, of course, is deeply personal. It's your daughter. You're her mom. But it's also just an issue of nature's. It is an issue of nature's. The more self-acceptance she has, the more self-acceptance you have. 
the more you can figure out a way to have a relationship that actually works. And a relationship that works doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be on a Hallmark commercial, right? A relationship that works may simply look like you finding a way to be cordial and decent to each other. That might be your best case scenario until she's old enough to move out. But don't run her out. Find a way. And my dear, I really want to encourage you as you do all of this to ask for support, not for people who are mad at your kid, not for people who think your kid is shitty, but people who can support you to be constructive in a way that actually works for you. That might be a therapist. That might be somebody that, you know, you find online who's got really inspiring videos. I don't know what it is, but there are a lot of resources that you can pay for. And there's a lot of resources that are free out in the world. I wish you the absolute best with this. Be gentle with yourself, be gentle with your daughter, and keep on trying. Welcome back to the Horoscope Corner. You know I want to give you everything you need to know for the week ahead, but there's a lot to talk about both astrologically and culturally. In the United States, in this past week, we have had another massive school shooting. Georgia passed this six-week abortion ban law, which, to give you context, if you haven't already heard about this and you haven't already figured it out, it means you miss your period and then you figure out you're pregnant and you schedule and get an abortion within two weeks of that missed period. That's what that means. It's really terrifying and horrifying. Man, am I upset. And I know I'm not alone. And I want to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it. But that's not all that happened this week. We have more revelations about what happened in the murder of Sandra Bland. We have had just egregious and treasonous, I can say that, I want to tell you what I think it is. I think it's treasonous behaviors from the president and other members of his administration blocking the Mueller report. And it's so much that is in some ways more and more easy to become a single issue person where you are just like, oh, I'm only going to focus on all the horrifying news around climate change or around this issue or that issue. It's very tempting to do that. And I'm not saying that that's a wrong or a bad thing because, you know, a person only has the capacity to focus on so much and work towards the betterment of so many issues. And at the same time, as a spiritual person, as an astrologer, I'm all about the interconnectedness of all the things. And I really want to name that we have got to take care of each other. We have got to care. Even if if you can't do anything, man, your care, your empathy, your compassion, your concern is really important. And you don't want it to destroy you. That becomes something else. That becomes something else. But you want to be able to experience appropriate concern for really shitty things. And we got more news, of course, about the effects of global warming and climate change. And I mean, I'm not going to keep on going, but I will say that this is a time that I want to invite the men who are listening to this podcast, women and people with uteruses, we, we are concerned. We are concerned. We really need men to use your voice, to be concerned, to understand that abortion bans, government regulation, and criminalization of our bodies concerns you. It concerns you because you are our cousins. It concerns you because you're decent, wonderful people. It concerns you because, you know, common sense. It concerns you whether or not you have any female friends or you date women or have a mother, even if you have none of those things, it still concerns you. So I want to invite the men who are listening to behave as though they are deeply concerned. 
And what that might look like is having conversations with other men. It might look like using your voice to call and leave voicemails for senators. If you have economic power or if you have power in a company or business, use your voice. Speak up about how it is not okay. Speak as an ally to people who are being directly impacted by this and who will be directly impacted by this. Be concerned. Be concerned. If you men, women, GNC friends, everybody, every gender uh, under the sun, if you are concerned and you are not sure what the hell to do, because who knows? It's a shitstorm, right? A couple things that I just want to name. This crap is going to be contested in a court of law, and the ACLU is a big player in that. And so if you want to give them money, if you want to give them 50 cents, or you want to give them $50, that is fantastic. Give them some money, support them. And then when you do it, post it on social media, because that tends to get other people motivated to do the same. You can support Planned Parenthood, and there are many other local grassroots organizations um, that you can donate to, especially in and around the states, because I think there are six states um, in the U.S. that this is going down in. Another thing that you can do is you can volunteer as an abortion clinic escort. And so that might be something you want to look up in your area. If you're not a dude, but you have friends that are dudes uh, or relatives that are dudes, talk to them, invite them to take action and give them tools. You know, I'm just naming a couple things. It can be as simple as talk to other men, men talking to men about this really helps. It really helps because there shouldn't be a divide in how much we care about this. I mean, there really, really is. The statistics bear, but there shouldn't be. I want to just start there because, hey, y'all, it's Mother's Day on the 12th. as a loaded day for everybody, but how ironic that this shit becomes major news the week leading up to Mother's Day. It feels really dirty and awful to me. I mean, it would on any day, but here we are. Mother's Day, nothing major happening astrologically on this day. It's kind of a heavy day for many people, for children who have mothers that they have a difficult relationship with, for mothers who have difficult relationships with their children, for people who've lost their mothers through death or any other really painful circumstances, people who want to be moms but haven't yet for whatever reason. It can be quite a difficult day. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to be gentle and kind with yourself, to be gentle and kind with your process in your relationship to your mom or to your memory of your mom or to your relationship to your mom in your own head and heart, as opposed to your relationship to her or to your relationship to your kids, the kids you have, the kids you hope to have. It's tough, you know, these holidays that create this morphic field of us all focusing on something similar and this pressure or expectation that you're going to feel or think a certain way, they can be quite triggering and quite tough. And so be gentle around it. And if you want to get woo with me, because what are we here to do, right? Let's get a little woo about this. I'm going to encourage you to look at where are you getting mothering and support outside of your mom? Is it through your relationship to the earth? Is it you have a particular friend who is just like super nurturing mom vibes for you? Really look at it. Maybe your cat is like super maternal and like plays that role for you. Don't be judgy and weird about it. Just really be emotionally present and really invest in your connection to what nurtures you and who nurtures you today. I think it's a really valuable thing to do in general as a practice and certainly around this day. So now we're going to get into the astrology. On the 13th, we have an exact sun trying to Pluto. You will be feeling this on Mother's Day, but it's exact on the 13th. 
On the 14th, we will have an exact Venus sextile to Mars. On the 15th, Venus moves into Taurus and Mars moves into Cancer and Mercury forms a sextile to Neptune. Finally, on the 16th, Mercury forms a trine to Saturn. And on the 17th, Mercury forms a trine to Pluto. I'm bringing you from the 12th until the 18th. And there's a bunch of transits occurring and they're all really lovely. The sun trine to Pluto, it's really fortifying. It allows you to go deep into something that needs reform or attention. And it's not a get out of jail free card, but it certainly makes it easier to experience and express yourself and to look at what might otherwise be difficult truths. On the 14th, the Venus sextile to Mars. It's just lovely. It's great for for art. It's great for socializing. It's a good time to go shopping. No big deal. Just super chill and nice. And then on the 15th, we have this changing of the guards where Venus moves into its home sign of Taurus and Mars moves into its not so comfortable to be their sign of Cancer. And this is simply, I'm not going to get too deep into it on the podcast today, but this is simply a shifting in energy that you want to be mindful of. How do you feel differently over the course of the next week? Do you notice it at all? Mars and Cancer can be really uncomfortable because Mars is all about going and doing and Cancer is just wanting to attach and do things in a really different pace than Mars likes to do. So, you know, you may feel a little agitated or a little stuck. Venus in Taurus is actually really lovely and you just might want to eat lots of rich and delightful foods and spend money you shouldn't be spending on beautiful things that you really want to have. So what you want to really pay attention to is how you feel and then how you act in response to your feelings. Again, you always have agency. With astrology, with life in general, you always have agency. It's just kind of on you to choose to align yourself with it and to make good choices. And that brings us, my friends, to a full moon in Scorpio on the 18th. A full moon in Scorpio is, I mean, a full moon is, of course, as I've told you before, is when the sun and moon are opposite each other to the exact degree. Full moons happen, you know, around once a month, and they are a time of emotional release and letting go. They are really emotional times where everything comes to the surface and kind of demands to be dealt with. And Scorpio is what we call intense. Scorpio is a powerful and oceanic sign. It is deep. And when we have a full moon in Scorpio, which will be exact at 2.11 p.m. Pacific time, again, on the 18th of May, what happens is all of our intense feelings come to the surface. Now, Scorpio governs shame. Well, its ruling planet governs shame and Scorpio gets into it, right? And so what I want to encourage you to do is to be really aware that you may be confronted with feelings that you don't really want to deal with, feelings that you don't know how to deal with, or with memories that you don't know where to put. This is, you know, really luckily the transits leading up to this throughout the week are really supportive. Now, the downside of supportive transits is we can kind of phone it in. We can stop trying. We can kind of check out and not pay attention. And so I want to encourage you, you know, get close to your dear diary, talk to your besties, whatever it is throughout the week, because this full moon is going to probably bring up some pretty deep emotions. This full moon, I'm actually really excited about because it's an opportunity to release the past, like really deeply release the past. I am not encouraging you to forget. I'm not encouraging you to forgive someone and then let them back in. But as I have said before, and I will say again, forgiveness is not letting the other person off the hook. It's taking the hook out of your own heart. And when we have a full moon in Scorpio, we have the opportunity to pull that hook out or push it in deeper. 
Scorpio is obsessive and it goes towards what's most intense. What I want to urge you to do, if you find yourself obsessing on or going deeply into your pain, to ask yourself, is this healing or destructive? Is this helping or is this hurting? And if it's only hurting, see what you can do to get to a more neutral place so that you can then make a more positive decision. I wrote an article about forgiveness for Girl Boss, and you can read it there or on my website. And on my website, it's at lovelinato.com slash forgiveness. And I'll put the link to the article in the show notes of this episode. But I want to encourage you, if you're struggling to, to forgive or to decide whether or not you even want to forgive someone or something, to check it out because I do give some tools in it. There's no value in hurting yourself by obsessively repeating past pains. There's also no value in pathologizing your feelings. So if you can't forgive, that's okay. It's absolutely okay. Pretending to forgive and saying everything's positive and white light, that's not very useful either, right? Find a way to come to peace with your past, not because everything that happened was okay, but instead because it's a part of you and you can't change it. So by forgiving, you give yourself peace. With that peace, you have more spaciousness inside of you to see your options and make choices. And honestly, that's what it's all about. Now, with this full moon, we also have a Venus conjunction to Uranus, which wherever Uranus is involved, we have surprises. We have the potential to change values, to change your relationships, to have something pop up that you were not expecting. This can just, it just, for me, this particular transit introduces a bit of a wild card. So not quite sure what will happen with that. But I want to say that because Uranus is involved, you can't rely on other people to do the work for you. You got to do it for yourself. We also have a moon opposition to Mercury during the full moon. It makes us less objective. It makes us more reactive. We are more likely to have triggers come up. So it's really important with this full moon to pay attention to the difference between this person is harming me and this person is acting in a way where I'm feeling really harmed. There is a difference and it's important for you to be able to see that difference and hold it. Now, I want to give you another little bit of homework here for this full moon and it's to consider your boundaries. It's to consider what is it that you are consenting to right now? And can you see clearly or vaguely that you are consenting to something that you're actually not okay with, that you're building up resentments around? Because if that's happening, I invite you to consider how you can change your behavior. Maybe you can't, maybe it's not an option, but I urge you to consider it because I know through the work that I do with people, when we feel trapped, we decide that we are trapped. But feelings aren't facts. And you might be feeling trapped in a dynamic like you can't speak your mind and you can't advocate for yourself. But is that true? Is it true that you cannot advocate for yourself and you cannot speak your mind? I urge you to question it and see what you come up with. My loves, yet again, I thank you for listening to this podcast. I thank you for being a part of this community of people who are concerned about the world, both their internal world their relationships and the world around them. You know, it just is really, really wonderful that you're joining me on this. And I have to say, you know, I love my reviews and I read every single one of them and I've gotten the most kind and tender reviews in general and also in particular this past week. And I have to give a particular shout out to the person 
the person out there, I don't know your name, Notorious B-I-Z. That's that's what you said you were. But you said <laughs> that getting advice from me was like getting advice from, and I quote, a wizened grandma who had lived through two wars, three famines, and the planet's extinction. And I have never felt more seen. So I want to thank you, Notorious B-I-Z. I really... I've never felt so seen. Thank you very much. And if you like what you're hearing and you also want to review the podcast, you can do that on any platform that you listen to it. You can star it, subscribe it. If you want to become a supporter on Patreon, don't do it. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to say that. Don't support me on Patreon this week. Don't you do it. Instead, support Planned Parenthood, support ACLU, support a grassroots organization. Do it. Do that instead. Put your money, you know, into the world. And I'll feel really good about that. I'll feel really good about that. Also, send me questions. See, send me questions for the podcast on my website, lovelanyato.com slash ghost of a podcast. I love you guys. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.